Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys, ages five, three, and two. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey everyone, today I have a facepalm and that is that I am having bad dreams. Oh, COVID I mean, dreams. We all have bad dreams sometimes, but like it's like a pattern. Like night like full blown nightmares, like where I wake up and I'm like, oh, is that real? Oh. And they're usually real life things that aren't real. But you know what I mean? They're not like they monsters. They could happen. Because yeah. sometimes I have like, not, I don't have monster dreams. But you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes as an adult, I'll have like serial killer dreams. And it's like, whew, that's so off base. But these are like real, realistic things that are just so sad or scary or, mm. and I wake up. Anyway, it's like a pattern. So if you guys have any tips for bad dreams, I'm oh. doing as a face palm because I don't like them. But is maybe I need same? to start before I go to bed, like doing like positive state of mind affirmations or something. Yeah. <laughs> is it the same dream? No, totally different. No, there's not even a pattern in them. Like it isn't like the same thing I'm afraid of or something. It's like, just like I wake up and I'm like tired because oh, you've been working in stream. Oh, I have to like work through it, it, you know, <laughs> maybe I should start writing them down. I did that for a while, writing down my dreams and I actually love reading my dream journal going back. But it's because I was having such good dreams with brilliant ideas in them mm. that I was writing them mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to do that now, but to solve. But it's been maybe like a week of most nights waking up with bad dreams. Mm. I think in my... So this is something weird about me. I don't like dreaming, even good dreams. I don't like any dreams. You don't like dreaming? No. I think it's weird. I don't like knowing what I dreamt about the next day. <laughs> I just want to black out. <laughs> so so when do you, you remember re- them? Or do you, does your mind do what you tell it? And just Mostly... I don't dream. Well, I do, but I don't remember. don't remember. Yeah. But when I do, I'm always like, mm, I'm kind of in a weird mood the next day. <laughs> Even if it's good, I'm like, oh, that kind of bugged me. So when you write down your dreams, do you dream more? Because I've heard you dream more when you write down your dreams. You know, when I was doing it, because I actually had a specific, it was like a prompting. It was maybe a year and a half ago. Like, you need to write down your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I did really regularly for maybe three or four months. And I got like... It was way cool. Like, good ideas. Like, Ooh. I actually go back sometimes and I'm like, you should do Whoa. that. And you could also see patterns. Of, it was when we were deciding whether we were going to move or not. And I could totally see my brain trying to work out, are we are we mm-hmm. leaving? Are we not? Mm-hmm. So that combined with actual, like, cool, inspiring ideas. Mm. So I don't know if I do more, though. but it, Or maybe it's that I was you open rem- to it. I remember it more, yeah. But I'd mm. write it down right when I woke up. Like, mm. as part of my miracle morning, I have, like, a dream journal that I'd write mm. it down in. That's awesome. Anyway, so any tips you guys have, feel free to send them my way. Bad dreams are the worst. Do you have a dream catcher? You know what? Parker, Felicia's husband, made me a dream catcher back, it was when you guys were living in California. Mm -hmm. So what was that, 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. And I was having really bad dreams. And I actually called him and I was like, Parker, because when we were little, we we made, he used, Parker used to have bad dreams when we were little kids, bad. And so I made him a dream catcher for Christmas one year with floss. (laughs) <laughs> and of sticks so but parker researched it like he does yeah and made me this like amazing dream catcher that i still have it's in like a, a thing by my bed but maybe i should get it out and hang it up hang it because it actually yeah. again i don't know what like subconscious yeah thing, but when it's he like sent it from california yeah. my bad dream stopped because that's actually why i brought it up because i feel like when i was little i remember parker showing me his dream catchers and there's like <laughs> little black things that end up in the dream ca- i think oh. it's just like part of it yeah but he would say like those are your bad dreams oh. and so then ever since and i think Either he gave me one or something. And ever since I put it in, I never had bad dreams after that. And then he also, probably the same time that he sent you a dream catcher, I got one too. I think probably on my mission, maybe. And, yeah, I think there's something you were about having it. bad dreams on your mission, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Aww, so, anyway. Parker. So cute. So, <laughs> so pull high out five to Parker. Catcher. Okay, nice I'm going to pull it out. Yeah, I love it. All right, I have a high five today, and that is a high five going to somebody else. So, um... On Instagram, I brought up with all of you guys that I do all my laundry on one day and fold it all on one day, which I know that's how Kaylin and Terlyn both do laundry, yeah. right? I love it. The mountain? I Just love it too. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
We do it as a family and we watch a show. It's like a treat. This will blow your guys' mind. Almost every single person, except for I think one person, maybe two, said they do laundry every day. No. Yeah. And this was hundreds of responses from you guys. But they love it. So if it works, right. it's great. And they can't fathom how I did, do the mountain. So, <laughs> so that being said, I'm in awe all of you guys. So first high five goes to you guys. Do laundry every day and they fold it and they put, and they it, put away. it away. Yeah. Wow. I know. I don't Are even know. Real? I know. I'm still like, wow. I feel I'm... like you guys all deserve a slow clap. <laughs> I know. I'm like mind blown. But my high five is actually going to some one of you who was talking to me about the laundry thing sent me a cleaning system, like calendar thing, by Clean Mama. That's her handle on Instagram. That is like a daily, you do like one task every single day to have a always clean house. Wow, Zer, blowing my mind. I love this. I told Caitlin yeah. she started it. It's pretty, sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm in my second week and it's true. I got to, because usually what we did just family clean up, clean on Saturday. But I got to Saturday and I was like, well, I have all this time to do all these extra bonus things oh that my. I've been wanting to do. So, yes. Sounds like I need this up. in my life. Terlin, You guys look know it this up. is my, literally my <laughs> biggest character flaw. Ever, but so. it breaks it down to make it, like, not a big deal because it's just one thing. And she does, like, here's your daily things that we all do anyways, so, uh -huh. yeah, right? And then, like, one thing, whatever it is, bathrooms, one thing a day, and, wow, it is magnificent. So. I like that she gives the right tools, too, because I think Cameron always says this, like, to do a job, it feels good to, because if you're, like, looking for the tools, you don't Need have the right system. ones, it just makes it hard. Mm -hmm. So I like that she, like, has specific tools that then make it Yeah. Nice. She'll be like, here's what needs to be in your bucket for doing your bathrooms on Monday. Here's all the things. Yeah. And she even has, like, homemade cleaning recipes, which I love. Cleaner, like, you know, an all-purpose cleaner, and they're all natural and all this. Anyways, wow. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Mind-blowing. Oh, sounds like I need her <laughs> in my life. Um, yeah, I love that. So mine is also high five. So I just feel like, so I, I've lived out of state the last couple sum summers. Last year I was in Oregon. This year I'm in, Min or a couple years ago I was in Minnesota for a few years, which are all great. Love those states. But I'm from Utah, and so I'm back in Utah. And summer is my all-time favorite season. I just love it. I and love Utah it. Utah summer. And there's just something about Utah summers. The smells. And so... I feel like they've arrived. Like, yeah. it's warm. Like, last night was warm, and I went outside, and, like, the sunset and the smells, like, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of, like, a popsicle smell. There's, mm -hmm. like, a really sweet smell that comes right around this time of year. Yes. It just reminds me of, like, end of school, pool starting. Like, I just love it. So, I was loving that. And me and Cam, the high five is that me and Cam went for a walk yesterday with our baby, and we just went to a park, and they had a bunch of sand, which... He's, like, really starting to get into just, like, doing it. And it was just so fun because it was, like, perfect temperature. It was, like, kind of right around sunset. And he just mm. was, like, crawling in the sand. And it was so cute because he just started crawling, like, a month or two ago. And he just liked to watch him crawl in the sand. Like, the sand is, like, <laughs> so flying everywhere. It, yeah. He's, like, picking it up and, like, letting it run through his fingers. And it was just, like, one of those moments. You know how you have those moments yes. where it's, like, I hope I just remember this forever. And it was one of those. So it was just, mm. I was so happy that summer was here. Everything was just in a good place. And I felt, I like, love that. all the smells. It was good. It was just good. Summer is also my favorite season. Also, for those of you who haven't been, listened to an episode where Caitlin is here, Caitlin is oh, yeah. our... Sister, so Terilyn's real sister, my sister-in-law, but mm -hmm. I just say sister. <laughs> We're all sisters. Yeah. Yes. And she has been on the podcast a couple times. So she has a little baby who's about to turn a year. And yes, her husband's name is Cam. So yeah. do yes. a quick intro. Yes, but yes. I just assume you all know her. <laughs> yes. I'm back. I'm back. She's for back. This She's yeah. back. <laughs> okay. Well, today we are talking about a book that blew our minds. Uh, it's called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. And it was so good. It, the whole premise of nonviolent communication is that all human beings have the capacity for compassion and empathy. And that when human beings do things that we usually consider wrong, like be violent or are harmful to others... It's simply because they don't recognize good strategies for meeting their own needs. Yeah, and I want to clarify, when I first heard the the name of the book being nonviolent communication 
and you're talking about behavior harmful to others and violence, I kind of was like, oh, that's not really something that I necessarily deal with, like, day to day. Yeah, does this even apply? But it's, I mean, this is across the gamut. Like, down, this is just, like, our innate human behavior of having our needs met. Yes, yes. don't let it scare you away with, like, I'm not dealing with violent criminals. Yeah, yeah, which is, like, she would have chosen a different name. (laughs) But this guy, he's a psychologist, and he actually does literally go into countries where there's like warring tribes and he helps them negotiate so i mean yes he is handled i mean and like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. places where you have he goes to places where i mean literally you're you are dealing with violent criminals but i love it because it applies to any time i mean we all do things that hurt each other Mm -hmm. with our words Mm -hmm. and the the premise here is that we only hurt other people when we're just using the wrong strategies to meet our own needs and this, this part of the philosophy is really mind-blowing to me. Uh, the, the theory is that no human needs actually conflict. Simply our strategies for meeting those needs create conflict. Mm-hmm. So it's really simply a matter of identifying what needs are not being met and then finding a strategy to fix those needs that aren't harmful to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of this, we've been testing it out in our own lives, guys, and wow, it has been so powerful for me. First of all, to be able to actually clarify what my needs are and clarify what those who I love, what are their needs. Mm-hmm. Wow. That just in itself, op- I feel like has opened my eyes and really, I feel like deepened, it's made communication more simple and also deepened my ability to communicate and see other people, which yeah. I really, really love. And I feel like these tools, we have had um, a lot of you wondering how you can better communicate your maybe it's like parenting um ideas or new things you're learning to your spouse or to your in-laws or this could apply to um also seeing and understanding our kids needs I feel like it really distills down to just like the most basic of um communications so I hope you all I hope we can do it justice. Yeah. It was great. I love that because I think sometimes when I think about communication, you're thinking about communicating to someone else. Like, But I think it's cool because you can use a lot of these steps, number one, like with managing your own, like managing yourself, understanding your own needs, but mm-hmm. then also using it to understand mm-hmm. anyone else's needs, whether it is a kid or a spouse or a boss or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of cool because you can use it with yourself as well as to understand other people, which right. I think is awesome. Right. So, yeah, kind of the overview of this, the steps of nonviolent communication. So there's four of them. And the first is just to observe and recap. And so part like a big part of this is not attaching any sort of judgment um, to your response. So usually, you know, somebody says something. And again, this can also just be you kind of like understanding your own thing. Mm-hmm. And you say something like, I hear you say this. And obviously we're going to go into details with each one of these. But mm-hmm. So the first is just... Observe and recap without attaching any judgment. And the next is um, describing the emotions that go with that, so the feelings that go with it. And you don't really want to talk about the issue necessarily. You're just trying to understand the emotions. And then next is the needs, which I think is kind of important because I think sometimes when we think about communicating too, feelings are so important, but I think the main thing with nonviolent communication was the the needs. It all came back to the need, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is awesome. And then after that, then it's making the request of, so here's my, you know, here's what's happening. Here's my feelings, my need. And then here's kind of what I'm wanting from this. Mm -hmm. And then after, um, it's kind of like clarifying back. This is, can you, can you kind of tell me what you heard me say? Mm -hmm. So those are the four Mm -hmm. steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, going back to the first, I mean, the observe and recap, I don't think even really needs too much explanation, just making sure you understand what the person that you're talking to is saying. If they're talking to you, uh, you know, I hear you saying this. But then let's get into naming your emotions. Guys, we talk about emotions. I mean, we've been talking about emotions now for 76 episodes. They come up a lot. Um, but there is power in naming emotions. The clarification that I feel like Marshall Rosenberg gave to me that was a step in clarifying emotions was defining what an emotion actually is, which you think after this life, this long obsession with emotions that I've had, I mean, it's amazing to me how this little tweak really changed it. 
that emotions, when we're trying to come down to what you're, like when you're trying to name in yourself. So take a situation right now that you're like struggling with. And you think about emotion you're feeling. A lot of times the emotion that we choose, we think is an emotion, but it's actually just a judgmental statement. You're assuming you know what's going on inside somebody else's head. So let me give you an example. If I say I feel unloved, that means I'm assuming that the person I'm talking to isn't loving me, right? Mm-hmm. That I know what's going on inside their head. I'm making a judgment of them and their love for me, right? Mm-hmm. So and it's I, creating a whole, you're just making story. up a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it, unloved or unappreciated is not an emotion. It's a judgment. It's a, it's a loaded word that has a judgment in it. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you should be like sad if you're using those. I I just realized when I was doing this, I found most emotions I was seeing were things that actually had something to do with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking of the emotion, it has to be an emotion in this like kind of steps that we're taking has to be an emotion that's just inside of you. So I feel sad. I feel frustrated. I feel resentful. I feel, well, even, yeah, yeah, you can say that. I feel resentful. He even says, you can say things like, you know, for positive ones, like I feel warm Mm -hmm. inside of me Mm -hmm. (laughs) towards you. Um, I feel, uh, what are some, oh, I feel angry. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel afraid. Mm -hmm. Those are all emotions that are, we can name that and it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And you're not bringing in the mind reading that you're assuming you can do into it. Right. And I think if you can see your, separate that emotion as a feeling inside you from the actual first step of recapping the story and it it makes it so you can kind of let go of that or hold the story the facts anything that went on I like to think of it as holding the story lightly so like okay here's what happened but I'm just going to kind of not latch onto that super rigidly and I feel like it gives us a chance to focus on our emotions and then our needs which we'll talk about but instead of you did this and then you said that mm-hmm. and I did this and you, it's like a whole thing that's just muddles up what you're actually feeling yeah mm-hmm. exactly you're gaining clarity mm-hmm. and that leads us into then you identify what need isn't being met so it's helpful to me say if I'm using the term unappreciated which isn't an emotion, I have to dig deeper to say, okay, the emotion actually is sadness. Mm-hmm. But I'm my need for appreciation isn't being met. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, th- if you're thinking unloved, what are you feeling? Maybe you're feeling angry about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. anger is the feeling, but your need for love isn't being met. So you're identifying the emotion and then what need isn't being met in this situation mm-hmm. that you're trying to fix, right? Mm-hmm. So... And, and there's a whole handful, I mean, luckily, Rosenberg says, as humans, we don't have a bajillion needs. We actually have just a few needs. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to list some needs for you to help get your, get your brain, you know, going on it. These are some of the common universal needs that we as humans have. Connection, honesty, peace, play, sustenance or physical well-being. Like if your physical needs aren't being met, it's really hard to get past those. Uh, sense of meaning and autonomy or freedom. Uh, the word freedom really resonates with me. Like my need for mm-hmm. freedom isn't being met here. Mm-hmm. Uh, your need for protection, for safety, need for empathy, clarity. I love this. You, we all have a need for rest, for creativity, for trust, for love. And we, this is like my favorite. We all have need for celebration. Mm-hmm. But like life yeah, I like that. can yeah. be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that need isn't being met. Totally. So, and I think just hearing those words, it like really softens the, I think we can get so deep in some of these stories. And even I, what I, I was telling these guys, what I loved about this book was you can also get so deep in like the mess of feelings yes. too, mm-hmm. of just like, I'm feeling this and it's making me feel this and you're making me feel this. And now we're all just feeling a bunch of stuff that's mm-hmm. all messy, but a need is so, it's like clean to me, like take that all away. I just, I need some celebration time. That's my need. It like makes it feel so much cleaner. And I think that, well, that needs are just the the linchpin. Is that the right word of this whole theory that if we can distill it down to what our true need is. And in the book, um, he says every conflict can be fixed within 20 minutes of discovering 
your true need. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, yes. dig down, just find the need. Yes, yeah. And he gives several examples of, I mean, it, sometimes it takes over an hour to get down to the need. Mm-hmm. In fact, he had one couple that had, had a 40-year yeah. conflict. <laughs> yes. 40 years of this one conflict. And the wife was like, we cannot solve it that quickly. And it said it took a little over an hour to mm-hmm. get to the bottom of what each of their needs was that wasn't being met. And then it was less than 20 minutes. And they had literally solved the conflict and understood each other and were probably right. seeing each other mm-hmm. for the first time. Yep. And what their actual feelings were. Mm-hmm. And the script he uses, and guys, will include a list of these, uh, just some clean emotions combined with this list of needs in our email. So if you go to findthemagic.co, it's right there on the front page. And if our email, we're just starting to do emails. And we'll give you like an actual like list of these things. So you can be like, wait, hold on. I want to yeah, practice this. we go into a little more detail, yeah. I want to practice this, but wait, what are even some needs? So sometimes you need the ideas in mm-hmm. front of you. Like, mm-hmm. what is it that I'm feeling? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And this is the need that's not being met. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love it. But anyway, but one of the scripts he says to use is, it's I feel because... This need isn't being met. Mm-hmm. Not, I feel angry because of you. Mm-hmm. It totally changes the way you're communicating. Mm-hmm. If you phrase it as, I feel frustrated mm-hmm. because my need for connection isn't being met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that feels yep. totally different. Yeah. It feels like we're collaborating together. And what I found in my own relationships, I've been testing this out. The people who I love in my life are thrilled, actually, when they know how to fulfill a need like Mm -hmm. the people we love we want to fulfill their needs right Mm -hmm. sometimes we just don't know how Mm -hmm. and it's difficult not to get defensive when you are having difficult conversations but this way of communicating it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like an attack Mm -hmm. it feels like this beautiful like unfolding Mm -hmm. of our souls like let me just show you the inside of me Mm -hmm. and it's really beautiful yeah I think too like with emotions they do tend to cloud so I, I love that the focusing on the need thing because it's like, if I'm angry, there's probably plenty of ways that someone might think that that can help. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really know the need beneath it, you can't really move anywhere from it. So I, right. I did really, yeah, I think it connected. I saw this work really well with Cohen. So my oldest, he's almost six and he, um, he was, you know, kind of having this little pattern, you know, our kids get in these patterns of, um, doing so he would do something that he wasn't supposed to do. Whatever. You know, they do a hundred things they're not supposed to do. And then I noticed that he was getting, he was really, really frustrated with the result or the consequence of, you know, it's like, what, then I'm going to take that sword from you that you just whacked your brother with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because he hadn't, like, for most of his life he didn't ever get like mad because he knows those things we've talked about this he knows they're wrong so it was like well I take the sword and then it's like well kind of move on I mean not every time but mostly but he was getting in this pattern of like just getting really then like over exaggerated like mad like mad 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 and I was trying to and it was the same time that we were reading this book and I was trying to recognize like what is his need like why is he he knows he's not supposed to do that so what's going on And I noticed that it was a pattern of he was then trying to defend his position of the thing that he was doing, which still didn't make it right that he hit with a sword, but he really wanted to like, his need was to express, yeah, why? And so one of the times he was really frustrated, I, you know, just taught, you know, brought it up with him and it was totally just, he just wanted to be able to say why he did the thing. Even though there were still the consequences of the action, he just really, his need was to express his side and went away. The pattern stopped. Like once he, that need was met, it wasn't Mm. even the need of, I want my sword back. It was just like, I need to tell you why I was doing that thing. Mm. It was really cool. And that was about the same time I was reading this book and I saw the, how, yes, the expressions of anger or, you know, like people really just being irrational and fighting all those things. I mean, that was just a kid, but it's all these unmet needs that people have. Yeah. So I think the cool thing that he says too, I think the beautiful thing about all this is again, it doesn't even necessarily like it does make a difference. Even if the other person doesn't know these steps, Mm -hmm. just by you then being able to ask some of these questions to them to be able to understand that. So like, it's one thing to say, like, I feel this, like we, us saying those I statements, Mm -hmm. 
but then being able to ask the questions to be able to get to the needs so that you can then totally so it's like it i love both sides yeah yeah and so how that would look is if somebody's telling you about a situation you'd say it sounds like you're feeling frustrated is that true and they might be like oh no it's actually more anger and you say okay so you're feeling angry it also sounds like your need for security isn't being met. Like, I, guys, I actually literally had this conversation last week with a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she didn't know. She didn't never read this book. But she was in a really difficult situation. And she was telling me the story. And I literally said that. I'm like, it sounds like you're feeling uh, frustrated. Is that is that right? And she's like, yeah. And some anger. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I was like, and it sounds like your need for security isn't being met. And she was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and then, and then how that would look though, coming from just like Caitlin brought up coming from if, when you're trying to understand somebody else, then obviously they're not giving a request. She wasn't giving a request to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand her. Mm-hmm. So then I, then I would say, is there something specific I can do to help fill that need? Mm-hmm. And in this situation, there's nothing I could do as a friend. Mm-hmm. It was simply just seeing her and understanding mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. actually filled her need for connection that we weren't even talking about. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyway, so it, that looks how it's really cool. Cause you mm-hmm. can use this technique to express yourself, yeah. but also easily in any situation when you're talking to somebody else, clarify what they're feeling, make sure you identify what need they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. Like after she was like, thank you so, so much. Like that was just what I needed. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. I thought it might sound, I thought I was worried as I was testing it out. Like, well, it sounds scripted. Yeah. Well, it sounds mm-hmm. scripted, but it didn't, it totally flowed and it worked. So mm-hmm. you can, and on kids, it works so well. I've been oh. doing it on my kids all the time. Yeah. Because I've already been doing the, it seems, you feel angry right mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. And let them correct you if that's mm-hmm. not what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I've always just stopped there. But just that next step of, sounds like your need for connection isn't being met right mm-hmm. now. Is there something I can do to meet that? Mm-hmm. And just following it up with those things, wow, has been like yeah. huge. So it's really taking the tools that we've already been sharing about identifying emotion Emotion. 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 And following it up, though, with what need isn't being met and what can I do? It's so cool. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and actually talk about when it's you who's talking, how to make those requests in a good way. Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, guys, so we are going to talk about the next step of this process. And so we talked about observe, um, identify your emotions, then identify your needs, which is kind of the groundbreaking part of this whole process to me. Um, And something I wanted to bring up with identifying needs is that I think it's one of those things where if you master this with yourself first, um then you can start to see and understand how you can lead whoever you're talking to into expressing their needs back to you. And um, something that I love that Marshall said in the book was, when I'm feeling critical or I act in a way that I regret, I look to myself with empathy and think, what unmet need did I have in that situation? So I feel like it it's a way to really clarify um, – See yourself empathetically, and then also, once you master that, obviously, you can turn it around and see others empathetically and respond and acknowledge their needs. And I'm always trying to find tools that can, what's the right word, um, help me notice when I'm acting through ego instead of, mm. like, true 
empathy or love or whatever. And I think that this takes humility and less ego if you um, can do these steps because you're putting aside, again, that story. You're observing a need without um, holding on to your story, your rigid beliefs that you have. I feel like you have to let go of all that stuff to see your own needs or the other person's needs because sometimes it doesn't really make sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can be really frustrated about something that seems totally unrelated, but when you distill it down, it's like, oh, I actually have this need. Mm-hmm. And I was attached to that story yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that giving some grace to yourself when you can identify because we all do things that we regret. Totally. And I think when you can choose instead to say that strategy so the need itself there's nothing wrong with the need Mm -hmm. however it's the strategy that I used and Mm -hmm. none of us want to use strategies that hurt other people you know what I mean exactly so if you used a strategy that hurts somebody or hurt yourself addictions would fall into this category Mm -hmm. doing anything that would damage your relationships with people that you love those strategies it actually does allow you to look at yourself with more kindness from a way that you can make changes Mm -hmm. from like a cleaner place he calls Mm -hmm. it clean pain yeah you can feel bad like that strategy Mm -hmm. was hurtful and Mm -hmm. i want to do everything i can to make it right Mm -hmm. and then come back then circle back though and say okay so what need need? was Mm -hmm. i feeling a need that need for Mm -hmm. connection that i wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. what is a strategy that doesn't hurt anybody Mm -hmm. to meet that need you know what i mean exactly it's kind of a beautiful and you're right anything we do anything we do to ourselves that's positive improves the way we look at others. When we mm-hmm. give ourselves grace, we also give other people grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we yep. give ourselves that unconditional love, we do that the same for others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quoting Brene. I mean, <clears throat> we can go back to a lot of mentors here, but like Brene, <laughs> a lot of masters. Brown, mm-hmm. Brene Brown comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a beautiful concept. Yep. And okay. So the next step is to then um, make your, requests after you've identified your need. And we wanted to really clarify the difference between a request and a demand because it could it could be really easy to get to a, a place of I need this and this and this and this and if you don't show up with those demands, you're gone. And that's not 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 a clean request <laughs> so and we do not want you guys leaving this podcast being like you know what well here's my list i'm gonna identify my needs and my emotions and then ask people to give me those things and if they don't yeah sorry bye everyone that just would lead to a, a very selfish unhappy life yes very messy very messy so it is a the difference the words we're using here is request versus demand you can use whatever you want but the request is what we're going for and that is being clear and emphasizing what you want, first of all, not what you don't want. And I feel like that was a really um, important part for me because it's easy to be get into a place of, I, when, I don't want you to come home and just throw your socks on the ground and then I don't want you to just then go play video games and I don't, you know, like blah, 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 blah. It's explaining your need and then emphasizing how, what request would meet that need, the positive request, so the want from that. Um, And the key here is that you leave the space for the person you're requesting from to say no, or they can choose not to do that and there's no further guilt, which is tricky. I feel like that's a really... That's hard because you have to be in a really egoless place to have a need, an unmet need, and request it cleanly and then not guilt the other mm-hmm. person for not doing it. I, I can't say that I'm deep enough into this that I've had an unmet need that I express that the other person has said no to because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've just started doing this and mostly it's with Parker, my husband, it's things that we can work through. And yeah, once we get to the need, it's like, well, yeah, I can meet that need. But Mm -hmm. you have to be okay with that coming up. So, And he used an example in the book of a time where like a a mom asked a neighbor mom Mm -hmm. and her need was for, you know, support and it was to help with her kids for a day. So in that situation, 
that would be a really easy place for the other mom. Maybe that wasn't working for her to watch the kids. She could say no. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. People mm-hmm. can say yes or no to your request. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love is choosing to love them anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I love it that he says the test of it, the test to know whether it's a request or demand is how you act after. Mm-hmm. If they said no, right. how would you act? Mm-hmm. And he gives the example of somebody who, you know, <clears throat> say a guy calls his girlfriend and says, hey, you know, I am feeling sad. I have a need for connection. Would you come over tonight and spend the evening with me? Mm-hmm. And for her, she had an, a need. And she says, if you're using the script, I actually have some need for solitude. It's mm-hmm. been a really rough day. And <clears throat> so my need is for to be alone tonight. If you're needing connection, call your best friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it was truly a request on his part, he would say, okay. I see your need. You heard mm-hmm. me. I heard mm-hmm. you. I'll call my friend. Mm-hmm. However, if it was a demand, he'd say something like, no, you're not meeting my needs. Mm-hmm. Fine. Maybe we shouldn't even be together. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The mm-hmm. coercion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Marshall Rosenberg even says, he's like, you can make requests more than once. Yeah. But it, if as soon as you turn to like kind of like manipulating or guilting somebody into it, that means it's really a demand, not a request. Mm-hmm. And going back to core stuff, you're not... We're... You find yourself in a place where other people are controlling your happiness, but but if it's a true clean request, we are still in control of our mm-hmm. own happiness. Yeah, and, and no matter what they say, yeah. it's and okay. part of allowing space for our needs has to be allowing space for other people's needs. Mm-hmm. That ours isn't mm-hmm. overriding of other mm-hmm. people's. It's mm-hmm. simply the identifying them and the sharing them with each other. I think I actually think it's then the sharing them with each other that actually is the powerful part. Mm-hmm. The requests, I think, are important mm-hmm. and a really great piece, but I think the power actually comes from just allowing somebody to see you in your state of vulnerability mm-hmm. and being able to see them also. I actually yes. think that's where, like, the true power of this whole yeah. thing is. Yeah. I also really, like, at the very beginning when you introduced it, it's, like, that needs, I think he said something, like, never are in conflict with each other. And so I think it comes back mm-hmm. to that, like mm-hmm. in this situation, both of those needs were different. He needed connecting and she needed some solace. Yeah. And so like they weren't matching, but that doesn't mean they couldn't get their needs met through other strategies. So I think right. again, it comes back to, there's not just one way to meet a need. Right. And I think that's the beauty of it is that we're finding that common thing. And then there's many ways that it could be met. And maybe right. it's by someone else than like that mm-hmm. person in this case. That so, are healthy mm-hmm. ways in a, you know, for in this, in that situation, obviously he wouldn't be calling another girl. Right. Because right? that would be hurtful to that relationship. Right. But if it's simply connection, then mm-hmm. a close friend. Because they were vulnerable and they know they can talk about it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try to. Uh, work out an example for you guys in my own life. Um, so I lately have been in the nesting mode, um, and which is, for those of you who've had babies, I feel like it's really strong in the last few weeks to want everything to be in order and the house to be clean and yada, 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 yada. All these things. I even have a strong <laughs> desire for organized drawers at the end of my pregnancy. And I'm not even a person who has that. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> like cleaning out closets. Like yeah. what's happened to so myself? So weird. All of a sudden you get all this energy for organizing. It's strange. Very strange. But I was feeling, so Parker, my husband, loves, okay, I can't, I don't want to, I want to emphasize that he's very good in um, controlling his love of video games and he playing sets them. boundaries. He sets very healthy boundaries. And so he's always been good about that. And in our relationship, he just found this new video game that he loves, this computer game. And I was, I was feeling frustrated because I was, you know, after the kids would go down to sleep, I was having these like projects that were coming up in my mind that I wanted his help with. And he because it was this new computer game that he was loving he was wanting to play it more so but I was finding myself feeling really like resentful on this like cycle of like I'm gonna just blow up this computer this (laughs) dumb game because it was really I'm feeling all this anger and this you don't even care that the baby's gonna be here you don't even which they don't have the nesting thing, you know, they don't really care if the curtains are hung up the right way or whatever the stupid thing is. But I was in this vicious cycle reading this book. It helped me to 
obviously express those emotions, which you could just see on my face. I don't hide them very well. <laughs> so I can't really add that flesh that out much. But then find my need and express my unmet need, the thing that I needed help with. And it was so simple to just find a time when we can do that together, set a time frame for him to still play his game with, for his need for whatever video game smeet, <laughs> whatever needs they meet. <laughs> Not sure. And for him to help me with those things, it was so easy. But had I just sat there and oh, I took video games and didn't even care about it and just ruminated in it and never found my need for myself, it would have just been like, you don't care about lost. me and the baby. Yeah. 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 So, yes. And that story is a painful story. Yeah. That you're telling oh, yeah. yourself. You know, totally. That he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the, when you can communicate that with him, that your emotion was frustration, your need was a nesting need, which is yeah. very strong. Very strong. <laughs> and that your request, you're saying your specific request was, help me hang the curtains. Right. He was happy to meet that need. Yes, exactly. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. The last step of it after you ask for a request is to clarify, can you repeat back to me what... Mm -hmm. It is that I'm requesting. Yeah. The reason why this is important, this is hard for me. This is actually hard for all of us. As we were talking about this before, <laughs> we we're like, do you really need to ask that at the end? That seems awkward. But the benefit of asking this is I think it's easy when you say these things to somebody. Say, for example, if you said that to Parker mm -hmm. and you said, can you, so can you ask, can you just make sure I understand? I want to make sure that you heard me. Mm -hmm. um, can you repeat back to me what you heard? He could say, I hear that you're saying I'm a terrible husband. Right. And not prepared to be a father of four children. Right. Because that could have been how he interpreted it. Right. And you could say something like, thank you for clarifying that. That's not at all. I must yeah. have not been clear. Mm -hmm. Let me say again. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this feeling because this need isn't being met. And how you could fulfill that need and make life more wonderful for me. Marshall Rosenberg always used that mm -hmm. term, which I love, is by helping me hang the curtains. Mm -hmm. Once he gets that, Parker realized, and obviously he got it on the first time, right. but like, wow. That's easy right. to meet that need. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. So I have an example of this in my own life that worked so well. Both me and my husband have decided during this quarantine time that something we were missing before, we both weren't meeting our own needs for connection with each other. We weren't taking the, I mean, I thought, you know, I thought we were, but after closer analysis, we weren't. And so it was awesome because when I use this on Jeff, I mean, Jeff hasn't even read this book, but I could say, <laughs> I... Okay, so I, you know, I'm feeling a little sad because I feel like my need for connection with you isn't being met. And for me, my request was I wanted him to kiss me in the morning before he leaves. Oftentimes I get out of bed before him, so I kiss him. But not even in the morning. Like for me, it's weird, but it's like a big deal for like if we're just even like working in the house on Saturday and he's going to go to the store. Like I want to know yes. that like... We love You're each exiting. other, mm -hmm. and he's leaving, mm -hmm. and I'm just, like, sending love with him. Mm -hmm. I know it's silly. And through our whole married life, it's, like, a weird thing that, like, I ha I apparently have a need for that he doesn't, which is fine. But I said, I just, like, can you just kiss me before you go? I just want to be able to kiss you and, like, mm -hmm. I love you before mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is also on the phone, like, I don't want to just, like, end the conversation. Yeah. Like, I, can you just say I love you? Mm -hmm. So if one person I want to kiss and I yeah. love you. But on the phone, I just want to, I love you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, very specific request mm -hmm. and a pretty easy request, I think. <laughs> and it was awesome because when I asked, and I said like, so, so what, you know, what did you hear? And I, I was worried that he'd be like, I hear you think I'm a bad husband who doesn't love you. But he was like, oh no, you just want me to say I love you. He's like, honestly, I don't even think about it. Like it doesn't yeah. even cross my mind. Yeah. And then I asked him, but then I was like, but okay, I want to meet your needs here. Mm -hmm. So you have expressed that your need for connection isn't being met either. What can I do? And I said it for this week. I was like, can we just mm -hmm. try that for this week? What is something that I can do to meet your need for connection? And for him, it was like making sure we get the kids to bed in enough time that we can actually like snuggle and watch a show together mm -hmm. and talk instead mm -hmm. of like we wait too long for the kids to bed and then we're both just like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was so fun because as we did it, like we both felt this connection. It was a simple ritual that we both want to meet each other's needs. And it was so like, I can't even describe to you guys how well it mm -hmm. worked. That mm -hmm. like simple and it just okay. distilled down to, I love it. It really simplifies everything instead of, again, the feelings mud. You can get deep in it. But it just distilled down to the actual concrete need, which I think is really crucial for anyone. But I think, um, not to point like gender fingers, but I think a lot of the times it's hard with traditional relationships because women are more they can be more feelings 
focus. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense mm-hmm. to them. And men are more action. Like, what do you actually want me to do? That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it really distills it down to yeah. real, real things that, mm-hmm. that the other person can do. I yeah. love that. And takes out the need for mind reading, which right. not very many people are good at. <laughs> I'm not. Jeff's not. Frankly. Nobody I know is. No, I don't know any mind readers. <laughs> and I think I've even realized for myself, like, it is really, again, I think I've said this, but, like, it's easy to get lost in the emotions thing mm-hmm. and just feel like we tell ourselves this narrative. And the reason why we get, like, we can just, it's very easy to feel justified in yourself about the mm-hmm. reason why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So then I feel like bringing it down to the need, it, again, kind of, like, separates it's able to like take out the murk. At least for me, I feel like emotions sometimes just like yeah, they blind me a little bit. Yes. So I love this because yes. I feel like it almost helps me like rise above the cloud of emotions sometimes mm-hmm. and be like, this is actually what I'm looking for, and mm-hmm. I realize that. And maybe I'm feeling angry about not meeting this need or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And it just like gives me a concrete because sometimes I don't really even know. I don't know even know what the what I am wanting. So right. I love it because it's like do the homework on yourself, mm-hmm. but then also ask the questions to know other people's. And I think that it. It just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so healthy. And I think perhaps this just came to my mind that it could, so we've had a, a quite a few questions of people asking um, when specifically dealing with extended family or people who are taking care of your kids, um, how, how you can communicate your parenting theology, is that the right word? Ideology? Ideology. Philosophy? Philosophy. Ideas. What you want. (laughs) When it comes to parenting with people, spouse or in-laws or caregivers, other people taking care of your kids. And I think perhaps if you can distill down to your needs and also their needs for maybe why um, grandpa gives the Rice Krispie to your kids right before dinner every time. If you maybe perhaps never not naming any names, Stan, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> perhaps their need is if if we were to still it down, Grandpa's need is I love that the kids know that they can come to the special spot and find this treat for me that is like this thing they're going to remember me by, and it's like this connection, and all we can think about in our head is like oh, but they're not going to eat their dinner and da da da, but if we can maybe see the clean needs of other people we can either set boundaries that make more sense with things or again be more empathetic instead of creating stories to you know what on mm-hmm. sunday they can have the dang rice crisp before mm-hmm. the dinner and it's no big deal yeah. so just seeing it in that way could perhaps help yeah and i like that because you're saying i think the beautiful thing about any good quality communication is that i think when you really can see something through the other person's eyes Oftentimes, conflict literally just dissolves. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's just it's a true. matter of reframing. Yeah. Like, I love that my dad has the Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. Like, I, like, love it, love it. Yeah. If I did that at my house every day... It would not Then it would well. work for dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I think mm-hmm. it's special... Yep. ...the when he does it. You know what I mean? And it's just simply a matter of perspective, like, of reframing. But yep. you could also reframe it in a different way and be just as right. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And and make a request. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that would be totally fine also. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Um, kind of the one of the last things that is talked about in the book that I really liked, but it, it kind of frames it in this like coming back to the needs and the emotions is actually giving compliments. And so one of the things that Marshall Rosenberg talked about is um something that we all really loved is that he says the intent of a compliment is to simply just celebrate others. So he kind of gives like, sometimes we might use a compliment to either like, you know, try to get them to maybe like sometimes he says, sometimes we might do it with kids of like trying to get them to do something like, Oh, you are so good at cleaning this up or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so then, and that turns into something else. That's not really a compliment anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I love like thinking about it in that way. Like, just simply celebrating someone else and like showing gratitude for it, which I really loved. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of framed it in kind of the same way of like, if we think about our compliments in this way of thanking for whatever an action is. So like, I'm really grateful that you, you know, you are, you always help me with the dishes and then it's fulfilled my need to, to feel appreciated or, or to feel that I'm, you know, united with you or connected or whatever it may be. 
and then I feel this emotion when this happens. So it's thank you for the action, it's fulfilled this need, and then this is how it helps me feel. Mm -hmm. And something that I love too is that it's not that necessarily you have to say every single one of those, but if you've kind of gone through that process in your mind, it really does change the way the praise mm -hmm. is received. Mm -hmm. um, it's more intentional. Yeah, and I actually told this, I kind of told this to my husband a couple days ago, and he said that he kind of used it at work. He didn't say the feelings because he's like, it felt kind of weird to say that. <laughs> but that's the thing, you don't yeah. have to, like if, it, right. if that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. in that relationship, like if it is a work thing, it's like, I feel really loved when, you know, like yeah. that doesn't, if that doesn't feel authentic to you, as long as you kind of have thought through the process, it really does change the way that that compliment comes out and the way it's received, which mm -hmm. I, I really like. I felt a little prick in my heart when he said in the book, oftentimes we use compliments to get people to do things. And I thought, oh no, I actually do do that with my kids. There are times where I, not intentionally, but like on retrospect, I, I have, where it's like you're complimenting something because you're want, just wanting them to do more of that right. thing. Right, But I actually, since I've read this, I mean, I think it's so, it feels so much better giving a compliment when it's truly just to celebrate them. Mm -hmm. And they can feel the difference. I had a time just two weeks ago that somebody in my neighborhood helped resolve a conflict. And so in a text, yeah, it felt weird to say like, you met my need for security when you did it. So I just thought it in my head that I'm grateful that you, you know, stepped out, you, 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 you came immediately to help. Mm -hmm. That was the action. I felt so supported. That was the emotion that I mm -hmm. felt. No, actually, sorry. That actually wouldn't be an emotion, right? Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this. <laughs> You're right. So I guess I was seeing the need and the emotion together. Mm -hmm. I, cause I didn't want to say my need for security was met. Right. That just felt weird in right. that. I've said it with my but husband and it's felt great, yeah. but it didn't, but going through the actual process in my head mm -hmm. you're right I love it just changes it so try that out so the try this or not is to try out these steps you can again if you send it for an email we'll put the steps out there with the more detailed explanations but it's to identify about a specific circumstance identify the emotion that you're feeling the need that isn't being met make a request not a demand and clarify to make sure the person understood what you said. And then the last try this or not is to try that recipe for compliments. Mm -hmm. What the person did that you're grateful for, what emotion you felt, and what need was met. Whether you say those words or you just go through the process before you say it. Mm -hmm. But with the goal of you're just celebrating the person and allowing them to receive the, the nice words that you're giving to them. And also, the thing I love about this tactic is... It also has opened me up to receiving back. Like mm -hmm. When somebody says things to me, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I've actually just tried to be like, I'm just going to take this as a celebration. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, and I picture myself like receiving it. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. awesome. Yes, I love this. I think specifically focusing on that need identification will be so huge. All right, guys, let's find the magic. Brown cows. <laughs>